you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream, you can do anything you want. I can't hear you anyway. <laughs> here with Michelle Fossey and uh, we're talking about her film Under the Lantern Lit Sky which is uh, has its world premiere at the Brooklyn Film Festival on June 12th. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you Kyler. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah absolutely. So I, I watched this uh, the other day and um, you know of course I grew up watching Streetcar Named Desire. I mean an iconic film. So I, I was very curious when I heard um, the synopsis of the film, um, which way this would go. But I, I ended up really loving it, and it had this like a like a slow burn feel to mm. it, and it sounded like Tennessee Williams. I mean, it was just a, a very dreamlike film, and you know, very intense at times. And I just thought it was like beautifully done, and it definitely holds up, and um, you know, shows honor and respect to the play. Uh, the original play and the and the film so uh maybe i could just ask you how this project came about how you became involved in it so you, you directed it and produced it mm -hmm. so yeah how did it happen um thank thank you for all your kind words about it i'm really proud of it it's my first feature i've never made a feature before so um the project came to me through one of the actors uh, who was attached to it already. Her name is Christy Escobar. And Christy had done a play for me off-Broadway in New York and knew Jacqueline Bethany, the writer. And Jacqueline had written um, the role of Blanche for herself and the role of Stella for Christy. So we knew that, um, my goodness, you know, writing and performing Blanche was already going to be a huge... Uh, 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 meal to take on. And I felt really excited because I have a background in theater. I come from producing and directing plays in, in New York. And I just felt like a really good fit. You know, I also really connected personally with the material. Um, I love the idea of telling a character's backstory who's really beloved in, you know, the American theatrical canon and in the film world and um it felt like a little a little dangerous and also fun if you knew streetcar you could get on board in that way but maybe if you didn't know it as well you thought oh here's an intriguing story about two sisters and and a, a marriage that's you know having a lot of problems really early on and what's going on with these people so um that and then the other thing that really attracted me to it is what you said about the dream state. I think there is a little bit of a question about Blanche as a narrator and is she a faithful narrator? Sure, yeah. And yeah. So, so you know, is this a memory? Is this something that she's conflated in her mind? Did all of these things actually happen the way she remembers them? So, um, I like that idea too. I love playing with that. Yeah. No. It's um. It definitely. Uh... I, I was I really really enjoyed this, um, and just like you know everything about it, the writing, the way it was shot, just the the overall like texture and feel of the film. Uh, now you shot it in New Orleans, right? We shot uh, about half of it in New Orleans and then half in Los Angeles at this old kind of dilapidated property that 
we could make really make our own, which was exciting, you know? So, but the new Orleans, I feel, I was really excited to do it in new Orleans. To me, that's when the film really visually came alive and you're kind of in this, um, you know, claustrophobic honeymoon suite. And then you're in this, you know, there's all this demand being put on this, on this couple, you know, and, and they're really a product of their times, right? They're not as, um, sort of sexually advanced or as a, awakened as maybe our society is. So once we get out into the, into the environment of New Orleans, it feels like almost they can breathe in this way. And I loved that. I love New Orleans. I think it's such a beautiful backdrop. And it felt like we were doing our job, you know, to really get in that world, that Tennessee Williams world by, be, by being there. No, that, um, that's great. That's so true about the feeling claustrophobic. Cause I, when I was watching it, I mean, now that I, I think about it, that's, I'm like, is this, do I just have pandemic brain or what? Like this is, this is making me feel very closed in <laughs> so that you pulled that off for sure. Um, and then it did kind of like, it opened up when they were out and about, but um, wow. What a, what a great, like, you know, overall film the, the so the actors, the, the, the woman who played Blanche, she she wrote the film mm-hmm. um i'm just curious about you know taking on maybe you could i mean from your perspective um how she chose to take on such like an iconic character and to the i'm gonna write the i'm gonna write some backstory on her um i don't know if you have i'm sure you had that conversation so i'm just how did that come about for her i mean i think uh jacqueline bethany the writer and performer I think what's really exciting about Jacqueline is she's really bold and she's she's fearless in that way. You know, I think she takes big swings and um, she's from Jackson, Mississippi. So I think she already kind of had that, you know, some of the phrases that are in the script she would use, you know, she'd sort <laughs> of and I'd, I'd say, oh, I'd, I'd think when I was reading it. Is that really? And then she'd say it, and I, I okay, it's so authentic, you know, mm-hmm. to how that patter is in their in their vocal cadence. Um, but also, I know Jacqueline comes from the theater too, and she was super interested in that character. And I know how much um, one streetcar in particular that was done, uh, the Kate Blanchett um, streetcar which was produced in New York, you know, that really left an impression with her. I think she was, and she's, you know, obviously she's, she's a younger woman. So I think she kind of wanted to, to show that side from that perspective of what Blanche's journey could be. And uh, I think she's, I mean, I think she's great in the film and I really think she's very, it's very compelling to see somebody so, young be so ambitious too which yeah. i really liked no that's that's real cool uh no the care so the character it's like when you when you think about the you know the play from williams and um and the film like it at least with me it gave me like a real um like empathetic feel towards towards blanche and it, it made her even more human um and it like I mean, it just was, it had that feel like it just connected so well, uh, with the original. So yeah, like you said, it was, that was, a, that's a big swing, but it definitely, um, you know, home run there. 
so it's gonna be it's gonna be at the Brooklyn Film Festival, and that's gonna be in person and virtual. Um, is is are you guys able to make it out there for the premiere? Absolutely. It's so exciting to think of watching a movie in a movie theater right now, you yeah. know, and uh, and actually we finished um, post-production on the film and then the, the pandemic was really heating up at the time, right? So we finished it kind of May last year and then thought, what are we going to do with this film now that it's finished? So it's it's exciting that Brooklyn is able to do it in person there will be a West Coast premiere too, which we can't talk about too much yet, but having it out in the world is so thrilling. And you can watch it online too, which is a nice, I think that is a nice holdover of the pandemic. Maybe yes, definitely. it's going to allow all of us who can't be there in person to see mm-hmm. things we wouldn't otherwise get to see. Yeah. When I was covering Slamdance and uh, Sundance this year, you know, all, all virtual. And I talked to a lot of filmmakers and, you know, they were, especially uh, people who were new to the festival circuit, you know, very disappointing that they couldn't be in park city in person. But I think the, the, like what you said, the takeaway is so many more people around the world had access to, to watching it. Like slam dance, for example, it was 10 bucks to get a, a virtual pass and you had access to all the films for two weeks. So, um, I, I know myself, I watched a lot more short films mm. than, I, than I normally would have. So that was, I know, you know, sounds like you came from a short film background yourself. And I, I think like there's so many good stories in there that, you know, you know, I'm, for, I've just missed a lot of it. So um, what I tend to do is I, if I find a filmmaker I like, I try to go back and watch their short films. And Oh, I love it's that. Always, but it's so, yeah. So maybe, um you could talk just briefly about some, you know, the short film process uh, versus the feature length narrative. Um, since, you know, just looking over your bio, you've done several short films over the years. Yeah, I have. Um, for me, uh, I love, I love what you're saying, first of all, about watching someone's work or getting to know filmmakers through their short films, because it is exciting to see what people are uh, working on and then how it translates to features. I feel like we're all kind of circling around similar themes in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. There are things that just keep cropping up. Sure. So um, for me, I ran I ran this writer's group at primary stages, and that was one of my jobs when I was uh, working there. Primary stages is an off-Broadway theater company, and um, they only produce new work. So in the writer's group, I was meeting all these young writers who really had phenomenal ideas, but hadn't been produced. And so many of them also were writing screenplays or writing for television. So, um, you know, a handful of those people and I started collaborating on different short films. And um, that was such an exhilarating process. I only have been making films for about five or six years. So not not very long in the grand scheme of things, um, especially compared to how long I've been directing theater. And that process is is similar to feature filmmaking in that when I made my first short and was trying to get into a festival, you know, no one had, a, I'd never been in touch with any of those festivals. I didn't know any of the programmers. Um, and it, it sat there for a long time, similar to my first feature that, you know, I didn't, I didn't have an entree into that world. 
And then the kind of amazing thing is you get to know people and your work builds and, you know, maybe you win a couple festivals or whatever, and then the doors open for you, but you make your first feature and it's, it's like starting again from scratch. Mm -hmm. So I do think obviously the, the storytelling, the, you know, marrying visuals with the emotional um, backbone of what you're trying to say, really trying to find actors that you connect with. You know, for me, I'm used to building a, an ensemble of people in theater. So I always like to bring a lot of people together who I think will, will go well together and who I, you know, I don't, I don't suffer divas at all. I just like people who are good people working together. Um, so in terms of that, there was uh, the, the feature filmmaking process just required more stamina. You know, it required taking all of those elements and really putting it together um, in the way that I would approach a short, but, but finding how, okay, how are we going to sustain that over shooting a longer time and post-production is going to take a lot longer. So really keeping that muscle going. But in terms of getting it out in the world, wow, it's it's still mysterious to me. You know, I'm still learning, right? Um, and I, I'm excited that it's at Brooklyn. I'm excited that it's going to have a, a West Coast premiere, but I still have a lot to learn. You know, the distribution process is so different, right? Mm -hmm. You you make a short and then, you know, you can put it on Amazon. That's so cool. Or right. um, it can be on your website as long as you want it to be. But uh, I have, I have sales agents now who are working with me and teaching me so much about what this is going to look like. And so in that way, woo, it's, it's very complicated, <laughs> big, big learning curve. And, and like the, I think the, I mean, which is, uh, you know, I think m most filmmakers I've talked to who are, who are like with the first feature it's it's overwhelming, but it's also very, very exciting and learning this process. And then also like, everyone's experiences like there's no one trajectory in this business which is both frustra frustrating and exciting um so yeah that that's really cool and i know it's going to find an audience i i am oh, positive thanks. of it because it is like um you know i watch i watch a lot of films and some are you know at least for my 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 taste i'd not really it's, it's kind of like i have to struggle to get through i'll watch 20 minutes here 20 minutes there um I, you know, but yours, I was able to just like, I got sucked right in just like watched Thank the whole you. thing and loved it. Thank you. Uh, it's a true indie film, you know, and I mm -hmm. think that's part of, um, I mean, it was made for a, a song. It was really made inexpensively um, for about a hundred thousand dollars. So, you know, in feature filmmaking, that's very low, even yeah. though it sounds like a lot of money, it's, it's low. And then, um, you know, we shot it in about seven days too, which oh was like goodness. crazy. You well, know? I was, was going to ask that. I that's insane. <laughs> it's, it is insane. It was it was it was what we could do. You know, it's what we were able to do, and so we made it work. Of course, I would have loved more time. You know, and you learn your first feature. You learn so much, and then you say, "Okay, for my next feature, I will do it this way." And you know, I'll have 12 days next time or whatever, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get a couple more dollars in the mix, but yeah. I actually am just so proud of it. I love the performances. You know, that's, I think that's what I love the most about it. And Charlie Cole, who is our cinematographer, did a gorgeous job with the, 
the, you know, the DP work. And I, I just really love it. It came out of a lot of, a lot of the people who worked on it came out of AFI because Jacqueline was finishing up her time there. Great people connected there. I've talked to some, I mean, it's an amazing, you know, program that, you know, they, they can link you up with some incredible people. Yeah. Like our, our, uh, our editor was out of AFI and our cinematographer and, and Jacqueline. And I just think that they, you know, have a great sense of storytelling Mm -hmm. and they're also really good people. You know, they're very passionate about what they do, which is so nice because I mean, that's what you want. You want people who really yeah. believe, believe in what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. They're not jaded yet. Right. So <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I know. And it's, it's interesting because I teach, um, screenwriting at NYU's MFA program. And it's, I mean, that's just such an incredible time in your career where you're just getting into it and you, you love film so much and you love TV and you're just, you're dying to get something on screen. So I think that's a nice, it's a nice collaboration for sure. And it was good for me too, because I didn't, you know, we were, we were learning together and in, in a way, you know, it didn't feel like, um, oh my gosh, everyone else had made, you know, 20 feature films and I was the, the one lagging behind. Right. So. Right. Um, no, that's interesting. No, I was thinking, I mean, so I, you know, shooting in seven days, I, those are pretty long days, I would imagine. Um, you know, shooting, but I almost wonder if it like it, it, it had its advantages because of like, just how, like, I mean, I'm not going to make, give any spoilers here because I want people to see the film, but just some of the wild emotional ups and downs and, you know, the partying and all that. So maybe it lent itself like exhaustion <laughs> it lent itself to, <laughs> to even better performances. I don't know. There was a rawness to them. I'm definitely not method. I definitely wasn't <laughs> pushing my actors to have emotional breakdowns, but I do think there is, I do think there is something where if you don't feel like you have a, a you know, hours upon hours to get there, I think people do, are able to kind of go there more quickly, right? Mm. Because so we weren't, you know, that engine, we weren't sort of revving that engine, you just had to be ready to go. And, and everybody was, which was amazing. I also think, you know, dealing with, um, we did rehearse, which was really good. And so we had an outside. And I I should acknowledge that that helped us so much. I love to rehearse. Um, But we were just rehearsing, you know, in, in little studios. So uh, that did help though, because we had so many theater actors as a part of this and they were able to really think through, okay, this is what I'm going to try to do. And this is what I want. And I'm going to go about it these ways. You know, there are some, um, really physically and, and emotionally, you know, intimate moments. And so I thought we've got to figure out what these are before we get on set and, you know, the, the sort of like intimacy coaching was just becoming really commonplace. And so I've had some of that training through my, my work at university. So that helped too, because I feel like, you know, you want to take care of people. You don't want anybody to be doing stuff that they don't feel safe about. And, and especially, especially when you're, you know, protagonists are two young women. I thought that was really important. So yeah, that felt 
but but I don't I don't know. Did I push everybody to the limit? I I feel like we were we were definitely stretching ourselves. You were all pushed yeah. to the limit, probably like on, the, <laughs> on that short. So you were like you're you're just one of the one of the gang in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's great. Um, I know I know the film isn't even out yet, but I'm just uh, since it does have such a strong theatrical background. Any are there any plans to make this into a live performance play? I think it could translate very well into that. Yeah, we've talked about it. We did a reading for a theater in Mississippi, actually, um, during the pandemic, which was really nice to revisit it. And it, I think, obviously, it would look and feel really different. Mm -hmm. And um, that's one of the nice things about it is you wouldn't be doing a sort of direct translation because so much on stage is about building an imagination right you know you don't really build um every literal set piece or every literal moment so i think that that that's something jacqueline would really like to happen and i'm interested in it too um i think stage is going to feel very different you know i know new york theaters aren't coming back and for until at least the fall right so most of them so we'll see what happens, but I am excited about it. And I really, I really just want people to see the film. You know, of course, that's my priority yeah. right now. Definitely. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for it to, I'm so glad you get to have a, like a live film festival opportunity with this. And so you get the best of both worlds. You get the virtual side and, and in person. So um, it sounds like an incredible experience. I wish I could fly out for, for that one. Um, oh, yeah. So let's see anything else you want to say about the film before we wrap it up for today. I just want to say that, you know, this came for me out of something that was really personal. You know, I, I went through a very sad, um, breakup and I think it taught me a lot about how, you know, I think, I think honesty in a marriage is sort of everything, right? And I think the thing that these two people are dealing with is they can't, they haven't figured out how to do that yet, you know? And it's, that's, I, to me, it's a tragedy, you know, that that's what this film is. It's a, it's a real tragedy. And like, what if things had gone differently for Blanche and her marriage? she might not have ended up, you know, streetcar sure. named desire might never have happened. Right. And so, and this other way, you know, if I hadn't gone through that experience, I never would have made this film. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, um, the themes in the, in the script wouldn't have resonated with me in this way. So, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in how, you know, our life experiences shape the things that we're drawn to and, you know, to me, a lot of a lot of my work is centered around like the female experience and like being an outsider and and how, you know, how we're kind of trying to belong in some way. And I think that um, just Jacqueline had done such a beautiful job of expressing that. So that to me felt very um, resonant and and probably something that a lot of us have gone through. Right. That is not just it's not just necessarily about, you know. Michelle Bossy has to be a happens to be a Mexican woman who went through a heartbreaking breakup. You know, it's like, oh, okay, but that's also a universal experience. Sure. The human condition, yeah. I think the more personal you make it, 
the more universal it is. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. That this was such a like a treat talking to you, and I, I love the film, and definitely going to promote it as much as possible, and you know, recommend it to everyone. Um, beautiful film, Under the Lantern Lit Sky. It's premiering uh, at the Brooklyn Film Festival June twelfth. Uh, Michelle, thank you so much, and have a happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Kyler. Thank you okay. so much. Okay, best. We'll see you.